0: Using your favorite podcast software. Today's episode is provided by RadioArchives.com, a producer of classic pulp ebooks and audiobooks, as well as high quality old time radio collections. Radio Archives is offering my listeners free free digital products, an ebook, an audiobook, and an old-time radio collection. If you send an email to Detectives at RadioArchives.com. That's detectives at radioarchives.com. Also, an update on the transcription transfers offer I told you about a couple weeks ago. Now, if you recall, Radio Archives is making their entire library of 36,000 transcription transfers, including many unreleased programs, available as a subscription that my listeners can enjoy for $60 per month, which is half off the normal price. Now, because that can be a big commitment if you don't know what you're getting, Radio Archives is making it even better as you can now sample their very first batch for $59.98 with no obligation by following the link in today's show notes and you can see a list of all of the shows at that link which will give you an idea of the sort of quality and some of the really interesting programs that are included. And if you purchase through that link, all of the $59.98 goes directly to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. So it's a nice opportunity to get some really great quality Old Time Radio 600 programs, help out the podcast, and see if this whole subscription service might work out for you. So just click on the link in the podcast or go to transfers.greatdetectives.net. Now on to follow Vance. The original air date for this program is April the 25th of 1950. And we're going to find out if Philo Vance can clean up the shower bath murder case. <laughs>
1: Jim, if you want, George, but he's shaving.
2: It's all right, Sylvia. I'd much rather talk to you. Thanks.
1: That's one of those things I'd much rather not remember. Look, George, Jim's going to take a shower after he shaves. The minute he's through, I'll tell him to call you back. Goodbye. Now, wait a minute. Well?
2: How about inviting me to the house? But... As I understand it, married people do have friends over once in a while.
1: Friends, yes.
2: Oh, now, really? As a matter of fact, Jim asked me over. I'm supposed to be there now. Well, but... Sylvia... The only thing you can possibly have against me is the fact that I like you. Now, is that a...
3: Open up in there. Open this door.
2: What was that?
1: Wait a minute. Who is it?
3: I'm a police officer. Open this door, quickly.
1: Goodbye, George. But Sylvia... Hurry with this door. I'm coming.
3: Now, what is all this... Where's the room with a narrow window, lady? Fast. Where is it?
1: The bathroom, right this way. What's the matter?
3: That's what I'm going to find out. This scrubbing brush came flying through that window into the street a second ago. Who's in this room?
1: My husband. He threw the brush through the window?
3: That's what I said. Now I'm going to find out why.
1: You inside. Open up. Oh, stop being so dramatic. The door's not
3: locked. Oh, well then.
1: Jim, tell this officer. Jim!
3: Your husband isn't going to be telling anybody anything ever, lady. He's dead. And from here, it looks like he's dead from very unnatural causes. (laughs)
4: I tell you why I asked you to come to my office, Vance, I think you like the reason. I don't like murder, Markham. My enjoyment comes from helping catch killers. I understand that, of course. Vance,
5: a man named Jim Raines was found dead this afternoon in his bathroom. He'd been poisoned. Oh? It was a slow-acting poison. It took effect several hours after it was given him.
4: Not too unusual a situation up until now, Markham.
5: No, that's true, but listen to this. The bathroom door was unlocked. As Raines felt himself dying, or anyhow, this is what we imagine happened, he seized a scrubbing brush and tossed it through the window. A police officer was passing, went into the house, and found the body on the bathroom floor.
4: Anybody in the house? The victim's wife, Sylvia. Why didn't he call out or open the door to call his wife? That is why I phoned you. I see. I don't know the
5: answer to that unless he suspected his wife had poisoned him and knew she wouldn't help him.
4: That's possible. Certainly is. I think I'll find out a few things about the late Jim Raines before I see her, though. I'm sure the victim broke that window so that we could see through his reason and find his murderer.
2: Just a moment, please. Be right with you. Well, this is a surprise. Come in, come in. Please sit down, Mrs. Rains. May I say that black is a very becoming color?
1: Why did you kill my husband?
2: Sylvia, please, I didn't kill Jim. Why should I have killed him?
1: You had lunch with him. You poisoned him. You wanted me, didn't you? You knew I wouldn't have anything to do with you while he was alive, so you killed him. You killed him, and now I'm going to kill you.
2: Now, Sylvia... Don't be ridiculous. Put that gun down.
1: You took Jim away from me. You're a murderer, but you'll never be caught. You're too clever. Now, my dear. See how smart you really are. See if you can outthink a bullet. No, you fool. Give me that
3: gun. No. Uh, oh. there. That's better.
2: You ought to either not carry a gun, my dear, or learn to aim it properly. So, you imagine I poisoned Jim. It's true I did have lunch with him. But have you forgotten? I was due at your house when he died. I'd hardly be stupid enough to give the police a ready-made suspect.
1: You killed him. I know you did.
2: You know, Sylvia, this could have been a very good act you put on. Let's say you poisoned Joe. What? Let's just say that. You came here carrying a gun, Accuse me, purposely fire a wild shot. The perfect picture of an innocent, outraged My... wife. Sylvia... Out of your mind. Maybe I'm not the only one that's clever. Maybe it's just what I've always suspected. That you and I would make such a wonderful team.
5: Mr. Attorney Markham speaking.
4: Markham, this is Vance.
5: Yes, Vance. Anything yet on the Jim Raines murder? I've
4: made some progress. Raines was in the numbers racket. Did you know that?
5: The homicide department undoubtedly knew advance, but I haven't received a report yet. This case is only a few hours old, you know.
4: I realize that. And I also realize that Raines operated in opposition to a man named Eddie Cayley. And Cayley wasn't too happy about the whole thing.
5: Well, as we have a wife as a suspect, of course, but you haven't been to see her.
4: No, not yet. Now
5: that you've uncovered Kaylee, I imagine you, merely to be consistent, won't go to see him either.
4: I'll see him, but not right now. Now I think it's time you and I went to see Mrs. Raines. If I'm going to see suspects, I must remember my etiquette. You know, Markham, ladies first.
6: What was the take for today, Whitey? Uh, I don't know yet, Eddie. Why not? It takes me a little time to add up figures. But I like figures. You <laughs> ever hear anything like that? I like figures and I don't understand them.
0: So what? I like women and nobody
6: understands them. All the runners bringing their slips? Uh, all except Squirmy. He's doing any minute. a uh, minute. Six, six, take four, off your shoes for that number, Whitey. Eh? Huh? It's over ten. You'll run out of fingers to count on. Gee, I like mathematics. That must be squirmy now, Eddie. Yeah, okay. Come on in after I press the buzzer to open the door.
3: Hi, Mr. Cayley.
6: Squirmy. Hi, Whitey.
3: Hi. I'm here right on schedule, no?
6: You're here right on schedule, yes. Empty your pockets.
3: Plenty of numbers today, Mr. Cayley. Plenty. Everybody plays numbers. Lots of
6: suckers. Yeah.
3: Tell them a dime gets them 60 bucks, and all I gotta do is guess three numbers right, and they all chuck me dimes, no? <laughs> yeah,
6: pretty good collection. Squirmy.
3: Oh, gee, Mr. Kelly, don't call me squirmy. My name is Claude. <laughs>
6: <laughs> pretty good reason for being called squirmy, if you ask me. Okay, squirmy. I've got all your collection, slips. Let's have the money you picked up.
3: Ah, uh, surest thing you know. I got it right here. Plenty of money, plenty of dimes. Oh, plenty, boy. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Pretty good, no?
6: That's all, huh? Uh, That's it. Hey, uh, let me have them slips of paper ready. Gives me more figures to add. Gee,
3: I like figures.
6: Take them, Whitey. Okay. Squammy, come here. What? Take off your hat.
3: Uh... There ain't no lady in the room.
6: Okay, I'll grab it off. There.
3: Hey, give me back my hat. Give me back my sure, hat. Sure, as soon
6: as I see what's in the inside band. Hey, well, what's the matter? Well, what do you know? Policy slips. You're taking numbers on your own, aren't you, Squirmy?
3: Oh, now, look, Mr. Kelly, look. I I, I I, don't know how they got up there. No? I, I've been framed. Somebody had... Uh, hey, well,
6: clip me again, she, Eddie.
3: Just let me count. That's one. No, don't.
6: I got rid of one competitor, Jim Raines, and now I got another. Oh,
3: Two. Wait a minute, Mr. Kelly. Them numbers I had up there, I I kept them there in case I got picked up by the cops. Is that so? Yeah, that's it. In, in, in case I got picked up by the cops. Three, <laughs>
6: keep it up, Betty. I'm having fun. I'm a little tired of playing. Uh, <laughs> four. Now, get up and get out of here, Squirmy. And next time, remember, don't try to get cute with me.
3: Sure. Sure, I'll remember.
6: Okay.
3: I, I won't get cute. I'll remember. So long, Mr. Cayley. Mr. So long, Whitey. Get out of here. Yeah, sure, mister. I mean, Whitey.
6: <laughs> I guess I can't blame him too much, Whitey. Eh? What do you mean? With Jim Rain's out of the way, he just got ambitious, that's all. Yeah. It's what it is, all right. You know, Eddie, this is no business for secrets. Remember that, Whitey. Sure. Guy works for you, he ain't got no right to keep anything under his hat.
4: I think we're heading in the right direction, Markham. In the car or in the case, Vance? Both. (laughs) We're on the way to see Mrs. Raines, armed with several pertinent bits of information. That her
5: husband was in the numbers racket, that he had a tough competitor named Eddie Cayley, and what else?
4: That he was quite a bit older than his wife. We have a foundation, of course, Vance. But
5: the puzzling features of this case are still unexplained. Why did Raines throw a brush through the window when he could have opened the door?
4: And who fed him poison? Uh, Yes. Well, I imagine we'll have the answers to those questions very soon. After you, Margaret.
3: Right. (sighs)
4: Markham, what has the homicide department reported since our talk a little while ago? Anything at all? Nothing of interest. They
5: traced Raines' movements during the day and found he had lunch with a George Morrow. Very respectable individual, as I understand it, and a good friend of the dead man's.
4: But they did have lunch together, which makes Morrow a potential suspect, in case we run out of those we already have. If you say so. The bell vans? If you say so. (laughs) Ah, there we are. Let me see now. Raines has been dead how long up till now? Exactly... Four and a half hours. Right. That means that... Yes? Well, I'm
5: District Attorney Marker, Mrs. Raines. This is Philo Vance. We'd like to come in if you don't mind. Oh,
1: by all means. How can I help you?
4: We're not sure. Oh. Mrs. Raines, your husband has been dead only a little over four hours. I notice a black coat and hat here in the hall, and you're wearing a black dress.
1: Isn't that customary, when one is in mourning?
4: Yes, it is. You had all these clothes before your husband's death?
1: Every well-dressed woman has at least one black dress, Mr. Vance. And the coat? I just happen to have a black coat.
4: I
5: understand. Mrs. Raines, what we'd like to find out is this. Why would your husband throw a brush through the bathroom window to attract attention when he could have attracted attention so much more easily by opening the bathroom door and calling?
1: I don't know.
4: You were home at the time.
1: I was on the telephone talking to a friend of Jim's, a man named George Morrow. He was telling me that Jim expected him at the house, and just then the policeman pounded on the door.
4: Do you mind if I see the bathroom?
1: No, oh, why should I? This way.
4: Come along, Markham. Right.
1: Jim was shaving. He was going to take a shower after he'd finished. I could hear the shower running while I was on the telephone.
4: Who shut off the water?
1: I, I don't know. I don't think it was running when the policeman and I found Jim's body. I'm sure it wasn't.
5: You're hysterical from shock. But a tale such as that might have slipped your mind.
1: The water had been turned off. Well, What's so important about that?
4: I'll let you know in a moment. I want to turn on that shower.
1: Well, go ahead.
5: I don't know what this is supposed to prove, Vance, except that there's hot water in the shower.
1: You aren't the only one who doesn't know what else Mr. Vance is trying to prove. Mr.
4: Vance isn't trying to prove anything. Mr. Vance has already proven it. What? what? All right, please, both of you, get out. Get out, please. What's the hurry? What's with the machine? I'm sorry.
1: I hope you have a good reason for rushing us out of there, Mr. Vance. I have the
4: best reason in the world. Markham, I want a 24-hour police guard placed in front of this bathroom. What? I want it closed to everybody until I ask for it to be opened. That could be arranged, I imagine. Want to tell me why, Vance? Certainly. There's something in that bathroom that tells me definitely who poisoned Jim Raines.
5: This is District Attorney Markham. The shower-bath murder case opened when Jim Raines, numbers racketeer, was found poisoned in his bathroom. We know the poison had been administered several hours before. We know that Raines' wife was younger than he and attractive. That the dead man's racket rival was Eddie Cayley, and that he had a friend named George Morrow. That's all we know. But Final Vance insists he knows who killed Raines after he, Vance, turned on the shower in the bathroom.
4: It is sometime later in Still not talking, Vance? What's the point of telling you, Markham? You need evidence that will stand up in court. I don't have it. Will you get it? That's the question. I'm going to try. Well, you've been... I know what you're going to say, that I've been reasonably successful in getting proof for you before. But each case is different, Markham. Precedent hasn't any importance because there never has been a case like this. Could you tell me why Jim Raines threw that brush instead of opening the door? Yes, I can, but I won't. I know why he did it. I know everything about this case now. All I have to do is take the mystery of that shower and use it to make a murderer come clean.
6: Nine and five is 14, and six is 20 and eight. Cut it out, Whitey. Hey, figures, Eddie, figures. You know how nuts I am about figures. i got to keep adding them all the time. What are you adding? There aren't any policy slips in front of you. Yeah, I know. I'm just rehearsing. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I just sit for hours adding up imaginary figures. Oh. Eight and three, seven and two. <laughs> it's fascinating, Eddie. Wait till you hear about subtraction. You'll really be in for hey. a great treat. Who's that? I don't know. It's somebody who doesn't know the code knock. Now wait here, Whitey. I'm going to find out. Who is it?
2: I'm George Morrow. I'm looking for Eddie Cayley.
6: What are you looking for him for?
2: I'll tell him. Hit
6: the buzzer, Whitey. We'll let this guy in. I'm Cayley. Oh? Come on in. What's on your mind, Morrow?
2: Cayley, I've got a little information for you. Yeah? You're not taking over Jim Raines' numbers business. No. That's right. No.
6: Hey, I dig this guy, Eddie. He's the fella talking to Jim Raines' wife on the telephone when Raines kicks off in the bathroom. Yeah,
2: that's right. I knew Raines' racket. I was all set to take it over when I heard that you've moved over to Raines' side of town. So what? Move back, Caley. Quick. That's all.
6: How is it? Will you listen to me? No, you don't take your hands off me.
3: I'll take them off me! <laughs>
6: Tomorrow, I don't think I like being shoved around.
2: When you know for sure, tell me.
6: Go ahead, boys. Take care of him. That way, I get to do some calm. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Come on, Whitey. Yeah. Whitey, I think I'll need some help
3: with this guy. Okay, boy.
6: <laughs> well, that's that. Sure. Nice work with that blackjack, Whitey. <laughs> it wasn't really nothing, boss. <laughs> One, two, three, a boom. I don't think he'll bother us again in a hurry. You said it. One good thing he did, though. What's that? He told me he knew about Rains. was all set to take over Rains' racket. The cops will be glad to hear about that, and they're going to hear about it if they get too close to us. He had an awful good motive for murder, Whitey.
3: Awful good.
5: I can tell you about Kaylee is what you already know, Vance. Mm. He's in the numbers racket. He has a couple of runners who collect policy slips for him. And one of them is this fellow they call Squirmy. He's supposed to hang around this territory somewhere.
4: You'll know him when you see him.
5: Yes, I looked at his gallery pictures a little while ago. And, Vance. Yeah? I think that's the man right there in front of that store. Mm. Do I look disreputable enough? Uh, put your hat down over your eyes a more. All right. That's it. Go ahead, Vance, and I wish you luck.
4: Let me know if there's anything I can. I will. Hi. Hi. I got a hunch and a number.
3: How much of a hunch, huh? Quarter's weight. Give. Give me the two bits. Write the number you like on a hunk of paper and meet me tomorrow right here if you hit. Okay, no?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You hang out right here in this corner?
3: That's right. See you tomorrow if you get
2: lucky.
4: My friend, I'll see you long before that if I really get lucky.
1: Look, George, I don't want to talk to you now or ever. Oh, but... And nothing you can do or say can make me change my mind.
2: I wouldn't say nothing, Sylvia, if I were you. What do you mean? I was just up to see a fellow named Eddie Cayley... He was a business rival of your husband. Well, what does that make me? You'll have to listen to find out. Well... Eddie and a stooge of his worked me over. Good. But I had a reason for going up there. So? You were the reason. So don't you think you should be a little reasonable?
3: Honest, Mr. Cayley. Yeah? Uh, here. Here's my hat. Nothing in it. See? You sure? Yeah. All the policy slips just like I collected them.
6: That's a good boy. Yeah, uh, Sure,
3: thanks. And all the money I got. He got a lot of them, Eddie. I'm having a swell time adding up these numbers.
6: Well, enjoy yourself, Whitey. <laughs> yeah. Say, I wonder why the other runners haven't come in. It's time for him to be here, isn't it?
3: Uh, if you say it's time, Mr. Cayley, it sure is time. No? Thank you, Claude. Gee, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
6: hey. hey, that's our knock. Must be one of the boys now, Eddie. want let him in? Certainly. Hey, hey. That ain't one of our boys. I'm sure. not one
4: of anybody's boys.
6: I'm Philo Vance. How did you know the
4: knock we used? A sensible question. That seems to indicate that you are the head man. You are Cayley. That's right. And you want to know about the knock? Yeah. Well, I was watching down the hall when Squirmy here knocked
6: at the door. Oh, and gee, jerk.
3: Mr. Cayley, I, I didn't know. Honest, I didn't. Shut up. Oh, shut up? Okay. Now he'll call me Squirmy.
6: Will you cut that out? You were watching, Vance, and listening. I stand corrected. Well, Kelly,
4: you want to know why I'm here? Keep talking. That's simple. You're in the numbers racket. So was Jim Raines. That's a very definite connection between you two. Now,
6: wait a minute, Vance. I know who you are, you're no cop, and that means I'm not ratting on anybody. But George Morrow wanted in on Raines' racket. He told me that himself. If you're looking for Raines' killer, you don't have to look any further than him.
4: Thank you. But I think this numbers business of yours, Kelly, is sufficient to lock you up until I get ready. Whitey the blackjack. Yeah. Grab him Oh, no. me. You I
6: like don't get grabs yeah. easily, my friend. Yeah. Come on,
3: Whitey. Yeah. Hurry up, yeah. i how to handle this one. Yeah. 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 On. Yeah.
5: On. Yeah. All right, everybody, stop that fight. Stop yeah. it or I'll oh, shoot yeah.
6: Well, the district attorney and a gun. Yes. I'm
4: getting up in the world. Markham, you interrupted the proceedings just when I was starting to enjoy myself. But I'm glad you did. I'm very anxious to get this case over with. I followed you as
5: you asked me to, Vance. Do I take Kaylee in as Jim Raines' murderer?
4: No. Just on the numbers racket charge, Markham. Nobody here killed Jim Raines. But let's go to Raines' house... And I'll point out somebody there who did.
2: Sylvia, I don't know why Philo Vance told me to come over here, but I'm glad he did. It gives me a chance to tell you something in person, something you wouldn't listen to on the telephone.
1: Go away from me, George. You make me sick.
2: I've got a lot of money, Sylvia. I know where to get more. I want to marry you. We'll work things out so they'll be just the way you want them.
1: Get out of here. I don't care if nine Philo Vance's ask you to come over. I tell you to get out. You disgust me. Oh,
2: no, you can't talk to me that way, Sylvia. You can't. I won't let you. Try and stop me. Oh, now, Sylvia... you either
1: get out of here, George, or I will. Take your choice, only don't take too long to make up your mind. Sylvia,
2: you've got to listen to me. I've wanted you ever since I saw you. Jim was my friend, but... Friends don't mean anything when a man falls in love. He was in the way. I could never have you with him around.
1: You killed him.
2: I disgust you, do I? It didn't do me any good to kill him, did it? Well, I'm going to kill you like this. So what you know won't be <laughs> any good to you either. So get me. <sighs> Come on, Marlowe. This is
5: gone far enough. Almost too far, if you ask
2: me. Hold it, Marlowe. Now stand right where you are. But... You got here just in time, Mr. Markham. You and Vance. We've
4: been here quite some time, long enough to hear you admit you killed Raines. You'd never found out any other way, either of you or the police. I think you're wrong, Morrow. I knew you'd poisoned Jim Raines. Well, you knew?
2: How did you know?
4: Raines told me, Morrow, after he was dead. <laughs> Before we go into the Raines bathroom, Markham, you realize why we went up to Eddie Cayley's headquarters. Break up his policy operation. Exactly. Then, too, I needed a little time to contact Morrow, have him go over to see Mrs. Raines. And I had to be sure Mrs. Raines knew the part I rehearsed her in. I
5: understand all that, but there's something I don't understand. Jim Raines was in that bathroom. He had finished shaving and was about to take a shower. He felt himself dying, and instead of opening the door and calling for help, he tossed a brush through the bathroom window. How are you going to explain that?
4: I will, I promise you. And I'll begin by telling you that he thought George Morrow was in the living room. Remember, Raines' wife told us that when she was on the phone with Morrow, Morrow mentioned he was due at the Raines' house, and that was the reason for his phone call. Yes, that's right. Very well. Raines died thinking that Morrow might be in his apartment. Uh Uh-huh. That's why he threw the brush through the window instead of opening the door. He didn't want Morrow to come in and find his body. Why not? And what did you mean by saying Raines told you who killed him? I'll show you. Come into the bathroom. All right. I'm here and waiting to be shown. I close the door and turn on the hot water in the shower. Turn on the... This was the situation Rains was in, identically. Take a look at that bathroom door, Markham. What do you see? I see a
5: mirror. That's not
4: unusual. Watch the mirror. Yes. What's happening?
5: It's clouding up. The steam from the hot water is covering... Vance! There's writing
4: on that mirror. Read it, Markham.
5: It's just becoming legible. George Morrow poisoned me. Then there's the beginning of Jim Rain's signature. Vance, this
4: is fantastic. Is it? I think not. Raines wrote that when he realized what had happened to him. And he knew Morrow had poisoned him. But he was afraid Morrow was in the house.
5: So he didn't open the door. That's reasonable. Morrow would have come rushing in and wiped off the mirror.
4: Raines was very clever. He wanted the bathroom window broken, knowing that the steam would be dissipated by the draft and the writing on the mirror would disappear with it. Oh. But it could be brought back by anybody who would wonder, just as we wondered, why a window was broken... When a door was available.
5: Uh, the writing stayed on the mirror. I don't understand that.
4: Try it sometime with your own mirror, Markham. Steam it. Write on it. When the steam disappears, the writing disappears. Resteam it. The writing comes back. Now you know the whole story.
5: Yes, thanks to you, I know the story and the motive. And I see why you had to have proof of his guilt. A proof we overheard when he talked to Mrs. Raines, even though you knew Morrow was our murderer right from the beginning.
4: Yes, Markham. I saw this handwriting on the mirror at the beginning of our adventure. But Morrow sees the handwriting on the wall at the end of the shower bath murder case.
0: THE END at the beginning where Vance is talking about how he doesn't like murder, he just likes, you know, solving the cases, makes me wonder whether folks listening in 1949 or 1950 had kind of notice the thing that modern-day listeners notice. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, and I don't mention this a whole lot, I'm actually recording this episode ahead in uh, November of 2022. So there could have been a whole host of follow fans does not really love murder episodes uh, in between what I'm currently recording and this but still, worth calling out. I wanted to test Vance's statement about the writing on the mirror, as well as to how long that would last, but couldn't run that practical science because the bathroom mirror in my bathroom just doesn't seem to fog up that much, even without a fan running. Though it does get a little warm in there, warm enough that my cat wants to hang around the sink and soak up the warmth, I did find myself wondering about the victim's, I guess, good luck that a policeman happened to be coming by at the time he threw the bath brush out the window. It made me wonder how he knew someone was going to see it going out. But then again, I guess there are plenty of areas in New York City where someone is always coming by and in the area. So if you live in one of those areas, someone's going to see it. Now, whether you're in a part of town where someone's going to take notice, like, why'd that guy throw a bath brush out his window? I guess that varies. Certainly, there are places in America where you could throw a bath brush out the window and people are just going to go on and mind their business and do whatever. And immediately, it makes me wonder... Is random junk really random junk, or is it potentially a clue to sinister goings-on? A lot of story ideas there. Well, now it's time to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Marta, Patreon supporter since January 2018, currently supporting us at the uh, Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Marta. And that will actually do it for today. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do so. You can use your favorite uh, podcast software, including Stitcher, Spotify, or the Amazon Music app at Amazon.com slash OTR Detectives. If you are enjoying this podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back here next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance, but join us back here tomorrow as Johnny Dollar wraps up the Lansing fraud matter with finally about 11 o'clock that night,
5: my phone rang.
2: Johnny Dollar. Hello.
3: This is Hillary Franks. Where are you? Never mind. Dollar, they know all about me back at the home office, I suppose. Yes. I'd like to explain some things to you so you can pass them on. I'd like the people back there to know why I did it. Well, before I leave town...
5: You won't get far. The police are looking for you.
3: Oh, I can get away, all right.
5: Mr. Franks, Worldwide doesn't want to prosecute. The notoriety would be bad for them. If you'd make a statement, sign it, I think I could talk them into dropping the whole matter.
3: Maybe we'd better get together. Come on over. Oh, no. No, I'm not that crazy. Do you know how to get to the San Javier Mission? I can find it. In 15 minutes? Right. And Dollar? Yeah, yeah. It's right out in the open.
0: I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.